Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast run by us and enjoyed by you. My name is Stuart and I am running the game as the games master and I am on a rocky slope and the rocks are hot because I'm, I'm a meteorologist and I'm studying these rocks. I think this, this, this baby is about to blow. The magma feels hot. Ali, what do you think? You've got your instruments in there. Do you think we're in danger here? I am. Um, I'm dangerously leaning over the edge of the volcano and can confirm it's hot, Stu, but it's not as hot as Kenny Mullet, the Ooh. sexy hot man. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kenny Mullet, the character that I play on this podcast. That's right. I am the official voice actor of Kenny Mullet, an empathetic young man on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers, helping Kenny on his Pokemon team. He currently has a Dartrix called Bowtie, a Salandit called Hoops, a Spiritune called Swirly, and a Galvantula called Fleek. Back on the ship, he also has a Gyarados and a Honchcrow. And abseiling down dangerously into the volcano, I, I'm not quite sure why, is uh, is David. David, what, what are you doing? It just looked so lovely, didn't it? I just I just felt so drawn to that crimson colour. It's been a while since I've seen a ginger between, you know, sort of the three of you. And I just I just really, I just felt like a kinship. And so here I am abseiling to my doom in the name of love, just as I always do. And wait, wait, sorry, just, just to clarify, have you seen someone down there, David? Or is this sort of some kind of relationship with a giant geographical location? No, I'm, I'm like a reverse bull. Like a bull sees red and gets angry. I see red and I see, <laughs> I see compassion. I see the fraternity and uh somebody who doesn't care about connection is theo the character that i play on this podcast and theo is the sardonic former member of the church of Sloking on the hunt for the king's rock and on theo's team there are a medicham a kabuto a togekiss a swadloon and then on reserve on the ship there is a barbarical and sort of in reserve, but also technically on the bandolier, depending on what the plot requires, we have Jason the Combi. Um, I just sort of change that as we go, really, because it's, sometimes it's quite nice to have a tiny bug that might or might not evolve if a plot-based object somehow might happen to appear, as we have many times alluded to. So it's just, it's just it, it depends on the storyline. Hi, 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 guys. Sorry I'm late. Oh, no. Oh, I see. It's me, Tom. Uh, I see what's happened here. You're all lava experts. See, I'm I'm the foremost llama expert, and I I bought my llama. For the love of all that is. Didn't even wait for me to give you a segue. Well, the good thing is that the llama is 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 in fact the official voice actor of of the character Brandy, and on Brandy's team. That explains a lot, actually. Actually, llama, do you want to introduce Brandy's team? Yep. Right, Wimpy the Lopony. Next. I think that was Gary the Scroopy. Oh, nice. And then you just went straight through for Snorley Only the Munchlax, Dr. Bunnelby, PhD, Flower the Meltan, Lightning McQueen the Carcoal, and you... Wait, Brandy's official oh, voice I'm... actor? Where did you... I'm so sorry. It... It, did you not see it slip? It slipped down the. I just heard it in the background. I thought it was yeah. just listing off more characters. The the voice acting llama knows the story up to the point. Guys, I'll have to step in and play Brandy. Quick, catch me up. What happened last time? Previously on Critical Ditto. Kenny and Hannah, the second level of the core stretches out in front of you. You see the distorted silhouette of an enormous clay doll, the captain of the guard. The Psywave connects with a rogue 
prison cell. Dartrix is sort of clattered by the fire. debris. Not got many more Pokemon options, uh, so <laughs> gonna have to be Govendula. Kenny, I've, I've forced you where I want you, which is dangling off a cliff. Flake, you're our only hope. Galvantula fires a web. Kenny can grab on, propel him and Hannah onto the other side. Galvantula and takes the explosion. But as you tear through the webbing, you see the face of Fleet the Galvantula, unconscious but alive. You located General Phillips and Candy's cell. Candy, baby, you've got to tell him. You've got to tell him what you told me. Capricorp and the League have all kind of become one. So people don't own the Pokemon that they're catching. Capricorp owns that contract. The Pokemon caught in an extreme ball. And is simply controlled by the company. There was a great, big, mysterious Team Helsing event happening. We could use your help. All I've got, my baby, is you guys and the Special Defenders. Consider this my first proper action, supporting you. And even Candy will put their hand in. Defenders, special. A living room in central Formia. A suburban family of four settles in for the evening as the sun sets to the east of the region, disappearing somewhere beyond the rolling valleys that house Neubatten in the central conclave. A son and daughter play together with a Nidorian Express playset on the rug before the hearth, acting out an intense Pokemon battle with their favourite S-Class trainer action figures. A mother enters with Gumi Juice Sundays and ice cream, as the family's purloin stretches to find a comfortable position to snooze in on the back of the room's largest armchair. Nestled in that chair is the father, exhausted from his daily commute to Tapu Dhabi. He reaches for the television remote and begins to idly channel surf. And we're back live with Del Fox News. Well, as you can see, President uh, President Grump is clearly the much better candidate um, than than anyone else. Uh, the numbers don't lie. So, do you mean President Grumpick? I do. I no. Well, that's what we call him in the uh, in the Pokemon White House. I'm sorry. Um, no, normally, they wouldn't get away with that, but we don't have fact checkers on Del Fox News. Obviously not. Come on. Previously, on Downton Crabby. 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 Monsieur Crabby, I have said it once before, and I shall say it again. A rolling water type gathers no moss, and I would politely ask that you never come back to my fine quarters ever again. Welcome back to Songs of Glaceon. Oh, uh, glory, glory to so cold. One for the Americans. <laughs> and now it's time for cash in the Golbatic. Well, if you dig really deep in the Golbat, you will find hidden amongst all the uh, spittle and venom. Um, oh, and just got to reach in, and I've lost an arm. And that is the seventh presents for this week to have lost an arm to this Golbat. Um, I was reaching for the other arms, but now I'm bleeding out. A crackle as the TV readjusts. A logo appears. Black. White, a crossbow. And then, the smiling, angular, chalky-hued face of reporter Ulmer fills the screen. Behind Ulmer is a gaudily erected stage in what looks like the metallic confines of the core superprison. The picture is grainy, as if even the signal is struggling to escape the depths of the core's pit. 
The stage has all the trappings of a carnival stall, flashing lights and bold poster colours. Tinny, triumphant music plays in the background. Hello, Formia Region. We interrupt your regular scheduled programming to bring you a special message from Team Helsing, live at the Core Prison. As you know, in conjunction with the Pokemon League, Team Helsing have been working hard for your safety, cleaning up the region, capturing dangerous Pokepowers, and locking them safely away here, where they are no longer a threat to you, your Pokemon, or your family. Alma indicates for the camera to pan over to the left of the stage, where a large cage houses a terrified group of people. Beside the cage is a crude sign. Beware, poker-powered monsters within. Someone has scrawled the devil-like cartoon face around the outside. The time has come for you to help the effort. With Helsing's patented new modification of Capricorp's Extreme Ball, the X Extreme Ball, you can catch not just Pokemon, but Poker-powered people as well. Helsing will be distributing these balls, and we encourage you to join our Poker-powered catching competition. There are fabulous prizes to be won, including an all-expenses-paid trip to one of the Tim's resorts in the Hoenn region. Ulmer encourages the small crowd of Helsing grunts to react. Ooh. Always wanted to go over there. Thank you. Yeah, yes, me too. Me too. The time has come for the regular, decent individual to take a stand. Together, we normal folk can rob these dangerous, weaponized mutants of their threat, their power. As we intend to demonstrate for you all today. Brandy, Theo, Kenny, how do you enter the atrium and interrupt this broadcast? Give us the room, Stu. Well, it's a big atrium. We know we love our atriums on Critical Ditto. This is a big one. Big hangar-like room, I see. Probably the biggest individual room within the core prison. It's at the top of the prison layers, quite near the elevator entrance that Theo had secured during the Zygarde confrontation. The atrium itself is large, metallic. It's usually been used for prisoner processing. Uh, so it's quite a versatile room. But what they've done here is erected a stage on one side. And as I said, it's carnivalesque, it's gaudy, it's obscene. They've got caged poker power people to one side. There is steps leading up towards the warden's office at the top of the atrium, which looks down on both the, the prison as a whole and the room. I would say there's probably various entrances and exits in terms of what's actually in the room at the moment, we've got this smaller crowd of Helsing grunts because, as we've said before, most of them have either been involved in this intense battle in the gym between King Thrush, the basketball players, and the riot that was going on there. And the remainder have gone from their various posts to reconvene into this atrium to form a small battalion. And I think they've left the rest of the guarding to the clay dolls and the Zygards of the world. On the stage, we've got Ulma, Hedrold, working the camera, Barry Bolcut in full black void-like regalia, and I think Warden Vipen is also on the stage, but I see her as an unwilling participant. Maybe she's in the stocks, and they've dressed her in the clown-like makeup, the jester fool of this particular little parade. To poor, poor Warden Vipen. In terms of the setup, that's where we can see in this room. So it's dependent now on where... Brandy, Theo, Kenny, enter, really. Okay, gang, are we coming in together or are we coming in all at the same time but separately without realising? 
I think the latter. So should we all come in with our like prepared one-line zingers, but accidentally interrupt each other? <laughs> What's my zinger? Come on, Brandy. Now's the time. You practiced all of these in the mirror on the ship. We've been doing this for weeks. I'm going to go for it. It's not good. Brandy bursts through the front door with Tallahassee behind her, points a finger at the stage with Team Helsing and says, Oh, I guess I did see you in Helsing. As in, see you in hell. But... I'll get interrupted in a second. Don't explain the quip, Brandy. <laughs> that doesn't make it any stronger. <laughs> Tallahassee, we workshopped this on the, on the way up. You said that was yes, good. Yes, and at no point in the workshop did I say explain it afterwards. <laughs> You're true. improvising, Brandy. I, I don't think that's wise for you. Oh, we should have workshopped more. I knew one minute wasn't enough time for a workshop. Theo, how are you bursting in? I think Theo bursts into the room and just goes, because Theo was obviously excommunicated, but in the robes, he's going to play the part. And so Theo goes, stop in the name of the church. And then overhears Brandy doing it horribly wrong. And is like, oh, ruined it. Okay, that was, that was going to be a big moment, but okay. A window smashes in a ghostly, fiery explosion. And through the window jump Candy, General Phillips. Oh! Hannah. Yes! <laughs> and flying through on the back of his rejuvenated Dartrix lands blade pose Kenny Mullet as he slowly dramatically looks up and goes Hello, I'm Kenneth M- Barry! Barry! What are you doing? Barry Bolker locks eyes with you, Kenny. I'm not sure where exactly in the stage you are. I imagine you're slightly behind the crowd of grunts, let's say. And it's instantaneous. It's barely been a month since that transformative experience on Surfloat Beach in which Barry Bolker discovered the true nature of Kenny Mullet and branded you an abomination. And you can tell, if anything, this haunted monster of a man wearing all black. I think he's got a cape now. The collar curls to almost match the bowl haircut so that the collar also forms a bowl around. Uh, don't smirk, Ali. It's, he's, 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 he's a very serious scary. character. It's a very serious scary black. Uh, but yes, and, and the colour, the colour, Kenny, of this costume, it seems darker, blacker than any of the other Helsing grunts. They almost have a glossy sheen to their uniforms. His is like a black hole sucking in the light, a void where a man once was. Barry just locks eyes with you and starts to descend from the stage and move through the grunts, looking incredibly threatening. Reaching reaching for their belt. You can't see what they're reaching for. So what do you do? Kenny can feel the air shift. And I think Kenny is aware that everyone's eyes are either on him or on Barry. That atmosphere that you're describing 100% starts to descend. There's been that initial shock of people bursting through the window, through doors and stuff, um, that has temporarily stopped the broadcast but as Barry leaves the stage Hedroll almost looks to Ulmer with the cameras and like what do I do and Ulmer ever the the media personality gives a smile and sort of indicates with her eyes to have the camera follow Barry. As Barry has that effect on people of unnerving them you know the anti-Kenny in many ways. Oh gosh yeah. And I think at that point Kenny just scans across the room and sees Theo and Brandy and he realizes that like He's public enemy number one here. He's got the history with Barry. He's a poker-powered person and an anti-poker-powered rally. And he needs to keep the attention away from the people who are 
in mortal peril. So I think he just gestures to Brandy and Theo with a, with a sort of shake of his head towards the cage and just hopes that they understand exactly what he means. Mm-hmm. And what, what is Kenny doing? Kenny backs up into the middle of the room and he's going to try to keep everyone's attention on, on him. Barry, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a minute, huh? And, and look at you now. You look pretty different from the last time I saw you at Gary's party, eh? Um, nice cape. Lovely cape. Was recently around a very different cape. And gotta say, I think you pulled this off more. A voice in the background goes, Oi! So this is an attempt to keep the attention, but not escalate it too much at this stage. Okay, this is our first roll. I think it's going to be a manipulate someone roll. So roll plus charm. I'm going to be a little bit harsh though, Ali. And I'm going to say the GM is going to enforce a minus one here because of your, your background with, with Barry. And it's a, it's a tense charge moment. Oh. Also, it's finale time. Yeah, that's fair. Kenny is a plus two to charm. So it's okay, like, so it's still a it's, plus one. You know, it's still a plus one. And yeah. I'm rolling 2d6. Oh, it's an 11 total. Oh, oh It's goodness. an 11 total. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, amazing. Six and a four plus a Woof. one. Here's what I think happens. You're, you're trying to make a connection with Barry, and it just doesn't seem to be penetrating this dark visage of Barry's. He's one mind, one note. Nothing's going to stop him in this moment. And as he makes his way through the crowd of grunts and gets to within striking distance of you, Kenny, you see what he pulls out of his dark black costume. And it's not a weapon, not a Pokemon, it's one of the X Extreme Balls. And without even a breath or a beat, he knows the camera's on him. It's like, I'm speeding up this demonstration. We're doing this right now. And almost trying to catch you off guard, just throws the X Extreme Ball at you. But as we know, your symbolic tattoo, the symbol starts to glow. And as the X Extreme Ball attempts to ensconce you in this metallic white light, it just fades. And the X Extreme Ball falls to the floor, completely useless. And for the first moment, Barry's stride is broken. And you see a moment of hesitation on his face. And, it, and you see you're in. You've got that moment now to hold the attention there. Something's happened that Barry was not expecting. Oh. I've come a long way too. Oh! Oh! Oh, Kenny. Now that... Oh. Didn't I have felt... to workshop that for a minute, did we? Eh? One of the grunts goes, ooh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and the other one just elbows him so hard in the just ribs. Like, do like, not say anything. Did you not see, Vaughn? Did you not see? <laughs> okay, so we shall come back to this incredibly intense moment in the centre of the atrium. But Theo, Brandy, Kenny's trying to give you an eye. Do you pick up on it? What are you doing in this moment? Did we hear any of Alma's plenary? Are we basically coming in here not knowing what the event is? We've said, haven't we, that this broadcast is on like every screen in Formia, isn't it? They've hijacked all the airwaves. So yeah, it, you definitely would be aware of it. So I think that in Theo's mind, when Theo like burst in here, Theo was like, right, gonna give him a quip, gonna release the Zygon from the cube, gonna take on all these grunts, gonna look really awesome. That's failed because now Kenny is the centre of attention. So Theo doesn't get to look dope. So Theo's like, okay, right. Well, I guess I just become the intelligent one again. Great. Wonderful. Lovely. What a lovely moment. So Theo's like, right. So I've heard that Alma has mentioned the X Extreme Balls. And it's like, I need to know who else in this room has one. Because if we're going to save the people in the cage, we need to stop those balls being used on them. 
because they don't have the tattoo that Kenny has. So Theo is going to check a place out with the main aim of trying to see if other people have access to the X Extreme ball. So Jason the Cobby is going to sort of do a checker place out sort of over the room. Also tiny, so no one's going to notice. Yeah. And this is non-combative Jason the Combi, who's not on the roster, but is here to assist with a bit of a bit of reconnaissance. Love that. A support trophy in Smash Bros. Yeah. Indeed. Just indeed. like Garados. Oh, he's oh, there too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only here to look, not to fight. <laughs> I'm here to paint a lovely picture. Ignore the fact that I'm here. Just try to look away. He's working on his caricatures. I love how Ian McKellen plays the Garados now. Um, Theo, please roll plus sharp for me to check this place out. Okay. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, 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 oh. hello, hello. So um, it was a five and a six and I'm a plus three oh. to sharp. So. Oh, <laughs> my slow king. We've got some details of this room, my friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, Theo, you, you're going to define some stuff about this, this battle space right now. and I'm Originally excited. built in 1571. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What happened here recently? What is about to happen? What Pokemon is nearby? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who, what is really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be? And you get, with your, your massive role, you get two. You get two of those. Okay. I think the two questions that are relevant here are probably, what should I be on the lookout for? And what here is not what it appears to be? That's my favourite question of these ones. Mm. What should I be on the lookout for? Maybe Barry has given a subtle order to either Ulmer or some of the grunts. Maybe they have a secret weapon. There's like a large door that doesn't seem to lead anywhere. And it says secret door on it. It says top secret door. (laughs) Last line of defense. Big red button. I like that. I don't know what's behind the door yet. And the only way you could have seen that door was by rolling a 14. (laughs) 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 There's no other way in which that door was available to you. Absolutely not visible at this point. But yeah, either you or Jason spots... Ali, who is it going up to the door? Is it Ulmer or is it a grunt or is it someone else? I want it to be someone that we know. Should we do Ulmer then? Or maybe make it interesting to say she sent Hedrold? I like it. Let's say Ulmer takes the camera herself and sends Hedrold to go to this door. Shay, just gonna go. I gotta watch up the door. Nice and easy like. Nothing nothing fancy, nothing special. Just been ordered by reporter Ulmer to, to press a big red button. It's gonna be fine. Gonna be fine. Just like one of your magic tricks. Not the ones that go wrong, mind. The good ones. Yeah, okay. And he, he releases Ninjask. That's right. His Ninkader evolved. It's a Ninjask now. Did he get a Shedinja as well? Or is it just a Ninjask? Ooh. No, it's just a ninjask. Oh, so it didn't even shed its own skin. What a, what a terrible No, it's, it's a really tight ninjask. It's like, <laughs> oh, this doesn't fit at all. <laughs> and using ninjask to fan Hedrog because he's feeling nervous. But you, Theo, notice him going towards this door. And what was the other question you had? Uh, what here is not what it appears to be. Okay, I'm going to throw this question to Tom. But Theo, you're the one who notices this. Um, what is Tallahassee Bingeworth doing and why is it highly suspect? I think Tallahassee subtly seems to almost shift back rather than backing Brandy up, just Mm. seems to shift towards the edge. They've just backed off into the shadows and are just sidling around towards the caged, poker-powered people. Theo, I think as they sidle into the shadows, the last thing you see is the light glinting off that golden hypno-belt as it descends into the darkness and you see them start to sidle across the room. So those are the two things you see. What you do now is up to you. And I think you can only address one or the other. Between those two, Theo doesn't like Tallahassee, but I don't think that Theo is prioritising Tallahassee being weird. Theo probably thinks that Tallahassee's going to go hump the prison wall, like at this stage in the game. (laughs) It's just like, oh, cool. Fair, fair. So I think Theo is going to follow Hedrold into the door. You're going after Hedrold. All right, we shall follow up on you and Hedrold once we find out what Brandy is doing. 
Brandy hasn't seen Tallahassee. I don't think so. I think Tallahassee peeled off. So Kenny gave a little gesture to look towards the cage. You also see Theo going off towards this big door. Could you just imagine if Kenny gave a nod to Brandy and Theo, his trusted best friends, to say, go and save that bunch of helpless people. And Theo went off to a door and Brandy did something else completely. <laughs> Well, the, the thing is, does Brandy pick up on this on the on the signal? Maybe is the not. question. Maybe can I not. find out, GM? Do you want to make that a roll? We can do that. I guess it's a sharp roll to see if you pick up what Kenny was trying to get to you. Brandy is a plus one in sharp. Oh, I'm going to mark experience first of oh. all. <laughs> uh, so that's that's good. Uh, bad news: one plus two plus one is a four. Uh, so I did not notice. Or I did notice and misinterpreted. <laughs> Kill him, Brandy. Burn the, burn the cage. You're right. Oh, they're dangerous. <laughs> maybe, 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 Brandy, you just linger too long trying to work out what Kenny meant. And maybe you're blindsided by something. I think a Pokemon appears from the shadows from which Tallahassee disappeared. It's like a swapsy situation. <laughs> Tag out. <laughs> Tag out, yes. Oh, I've so- got the Pokemon. I've got oh, I had one. a suggestion. My suggestion is Jockey the Earth. It's Jockey the Earth. Yes! That was my suggestion as well. Yes! Oh, what's he wearing that's like bodyguard? That he's dressed as some horrible Helsing bodyguard, Ali. Uh, an earpiece. <laughs> Great. And nothing else. Disgusting. You're right, Ali. Oh, I know what they've done. They've shaved a crossbow into his fur. <gasps> oh, that's oh, horrible and perfect, oh. Ali. They have essentially branded him. That's Brandied him. A- <gasps> Oh, oh, that's God. evil, and I love it. So this is Jockey the Earth Ring that Vaughn had originally captured in an Extreme Ball, and I have to assume that because Extreme Balls are horrible, that possession is passed by, by killing killing people. It's it's an Elder Wand situation. Oh, we've got back to <laughs> Harry Potter. We've done so well. We've done so well to avoid so it. So I think long. Barry Barry now has possession of that Extreme Ball and has released Jockey as a as another fail-safe guardian in the room just lurking in the shadows and this ursaring mind is not himself has identified a threat and has swiped a paw at brandy and brandy you are going to take to harm as you are clattered by this massive bear paw that sends you skidding across this metallic floor and i think you land at general phillips's feet baby baby you okay brandy what happened general phillips why why am i seeing you as a dream that's not good no, I'm real, baby, as real as you want. I'm here to help you. Here, let me get you to your feet. Oh, I was you're bleeding. afraid of that. Brandy, are you going to be okay, baby? No, something hit me. What, what? What did this to you? I think it was something behind me. And we turn around. Both of you turn, heads at the same time, eyes lock. He's not speaking. Jockey oh, ain't speaking. Right speaking. Now. <gasps> oh, okay, here's an idea. Ali, you know where he's been shaved? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, maybe there's an indentation on Jockey's chest. And you see there's like the remnant of maybe where a blue meteorite crystal had been embedded in his fur that had given him the ability <laughs> to speak and it's been removed with the branding. Stu, you you planned oh. it from the start, mate. That it all ties together, baby. That's why he could speak. And now he can't because they took the meteorite chunk out and he's just a bear, an angry bear. <laughs> an angry and then uh, he's coming at you. I'm going to give you another another action because yours was quite quite brief and, and brutal. What are you doing? You, General Phillips, are there. Jockey's coming at you. General Phillips, that's not Jockey, is it? Tell me that's not Jockey. Is that Jockey? My buddy, Jockey. 
what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And I think General Phillips, he still sees his friend, his old war buddy, his veteran. But you, Brandy, see... I see the danger. Um, okay, right. I release Lightning McQueen the Carcoal. Carcoal! Jump on board, and we're going to try and pick up General Phillips before Jockey gives us swipes down. And it's a big swipe. Well, because General Phillips isn't defending himself. Not at all. You know how, like, a shark goes for, like, an investigatory bite before the killing blow? Yeah. You got the investigatory bite. This is going to be the big one. So stakes are high. Roll, act under pressure. Roll plus cool. Plus two. No minuses. Am I okay? I mean, you took a big hit. Yeah, you get a minus one. I did one to Ali. I'm going to do one to you. You're concussed, mate. You've taken two harm. Bad. Oh, my goodness. I needed that plus one. One plus five plus one. It's a seven. Oh. Oh, Brandy. Oh. Brandy's not bringing wow. the big rolls like the other two Like the other two today. I tell you. <laughs> Maybe it's a choice. Maybe you can take some more harm, Brandy, or General Phillips can take some harm. Brandy's already taken two harm. Brandy is a blooming shonen protagonist. She is going to take the harm and save General Phillips from irreparable harm. Does she say anything? I feel like there's a line there, like, as as she's about to pick up Phillips and sees what's about to happen. Because this is an intentional decision from Brandy. This isn't like, oops, I accidentally got hit. This is, I'm going to have to take this instead of him. <laughs> I was going to say... Hey, how about instead of groovy baby, start movie baby, hmm? Nice, good, good. Is that anything? Is that, that was my first idea, so I'm going to throw that out. That's good, our first idea, yeah. I'm going to throw that out. Tallahassee Returns from the Shadows is like, that's nice, baby, we could workshop that into something real soon. (laughs) Retreats, retreats back into the shadows. (laughs) I think sadly in this moment, Brandy, I don't think, has a line. No, don't have a line. Prepared, I think she's, instead she goes in and manages to pull General Phillips onto Carcoal, but in doing so, oh! she's going to take herself off Carcoal to reach out to pull mm. him. She pulls herself off the Carcoal and into the fist. Yeah, into the swiping paw. This is hard though, because I said it was a bigger swipe. But I think I think because it was a mixed success as opposed to an out-and-out failure, I think maybe because of the momentum of Lightning McQueen, it's a slightly more glancing blow than it would have been at a full hit on General Phillips. So let's say it's two harm. So you've had four total. Okay, but I tick the unstable box. I figured that might happen. So can you tell me what what is Brandy's kind of main injury concern? Brandy's main injury concern is actually her leg. In in pulling General Phillips uh, up onto Carcolt, she fell forward down and the swipe just took Brandy's left leg quite badly right round the sort of knee. You're not mobile. I'm not mobile. You're unstable, but add the immobile tag as well. Right, Brandy is in a heap on the floor. There's there's blood coming out of your leg, Brandy. It looks bad. It looks real, real bad. I would imagine that you, adrenaline is carrying you at the moment, but you know you've been hurt rather, rather gravely. General Phillips is on Lightning McQueen, who has careened away for a second. I'm sure we'll come back. Ali, who is Jockey the Ursaring going after? Oh, I... I don't want to say it, but I think... Oh, go on, David. No, I think you're going to say the same answer to me, so you go for it. Staying over Brandy. I think they smell blood, yeah. Oh, I was going to say Hannah. Hannah? Hannah Hannah reaches out of the podcast to you, David, goes, what the (laughs) hell, man? What did I ever do to you? I'm sorry, David. I think it's a flea. What kind of thing is this? You want a bear to attack a child? Or maybe they swoop in lift lift brandy up but in doing so hannah stumbles and now jockey's like closing in oh that's fun so hannah Hannah and candy come and and lift the immobile brandy to a slightly safer location but yeah hannah trips 
and is in the firing line. So, Brandy, as you're assessing your own wound, you're suddenly hoisted uh, around the, the shoulders of Candy and Hannah, uh, who are looking at you. Their voices are distant and faded. It's like they're in another space as they're trying to communicate with you. Are you okay? Are you... Brandy, Brandy, talk to me. Are you okay? Yeah, Brandy, what's going on? I, I, it was so, all happened so fast. But they are carrying you away from Jockey the Earth Ring, so you're not in the direct firing line. However, you feel one slip from your left side and realise that Hannah is no longer supporting your weight. She has tripped and fallen and is in striking distance of Jockey the Earth Ring. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> this is a fan fiction from champion Patreon member Jerembi. Title, Dark Pulse. Summary. After his encounter with Frey, Kenny knew only one thing. He had to run. This is an alternative universe fiction. Is that it? Is that what we get? Okay. That's what you get. Okay. 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 Right, lights, 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 lights Which encounter with Frey? I don't know. All right. Lights are coming on. <laughs> Break a leg. Don't say that. Break a leg. Don't say that. Shh, they're waiting. Ugh. Rolling. Oh, wait, no, shit. Um, nope. This is the theatre. Who's filming <laughs> you this? You shit again. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, you said it. Veto on that word. Here we go. Kenny bolted through the forest. He didn't know where he was going. He just knew he had to get away. Away from people, buildings, and especially away from anyone he loved. Kenny. Pete's voice loud, booming. Louder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love that we had a narrator edit. We had a narrator edit. We had someone not reading the stage directions. <laughs> it was loud and booming, the dialogue. David. Loud <laughs> and booming. You know what? When I narrated, I didn't have to put up with this shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the audience are right I should have, there. Cut, so I should have cut the line. I'm sorry, David. That's my bad. I should have just gone. Okay. No, this is an absolute. Disaster. The narrator hadn't even requested access before this point to his knowledge, and yet here I am getting lambasted <laughs> because I was too busy doing character work in advance. God, this oh. is absolute train wreck. We got we got two lines into this. I guess we take it from. Pete's loud, booming Kenny. This, this feels like the play that goes wrong version of, of someone doing a fanfic. Okay. Okay. So I'll okay. go from Pete's line. Yeah. Pete's line. Okay. Right. Okay. Kenny. <laughs> that was good. Gonna, you ain't my now. mother, Kenny. You ain't my mother. We're moving on. We're moving on we're because moving that on. is as good as it's going to get. Because we're, <laughs> we're going to laugh. Whatever you do, take. David, we're going to yeah. laugh. That's a you take. could have nailed it. We would have laughed. Yeah, okay. exactly. Thank you. So I didn't nail it. Okay. <laughs> just right. Ali, come on. Pete's <laughs> booster. We just started. I'm burning this record. We're starting again. Rang Pete's voice in his head. It was loud, booming, louder and more commanding than he'd ever heard before. Tuki was nowhere to be heard now. He felt it deep in his stomach, that familiar hurling sensation. He fired the powerful blast at a nearby tree. The tree exploded, obliterated into sawdust. Somehow it didn't feel uncontrolled like every other time he'd fired a blast. No. This was precise. And powerful. It felt like he had more control over his powers than ever before. And that, thought Kenny, was terrifying. Kenny! <laughs> that boomed! That boomed! It did boom! It, it did boom! boom. The boom problem is it's, my, it's me! It's my issue! Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Boomed Pete's voice again, somehow louder than before. No, leave me alone! Kenny's legs burned. 
He didn't know how far away he was from Brandy and Theo, or even if they were running after him. All he knew was that he had to run. They're not following you, Kenny. You're a monster. They know what you did to Dora and they're afraid that you're going to do that to them. They've left you, Kenny. They don't care. They're afraid of you. You're a monster. Listen to me, Kenny. You know I'm right. No, you're not right. Brandy, Theo, they would never... Kenny shook his head, trying to somehow shake the voice. But how do you know that? The question tolled around his head like a bell. It was one he knew he'd asked himself so many times before, and the one question he knew could never escape. Because... Because I said so, Pete. Now leave me alone. Kenny? Kenny, are you there? I didn't sound like Pete's voice. Brandy. Theo. The pit of Kenny's stomach dropped like a rock. No. No. No, 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 no. Kenny muttered, hiding behind a large oak tree. Ellie hasn't spotted anything either. Adri, another familiar voice. Kenny? It's okay, we're not going to hurt you. Just come out from where you're hiding and, and, and we can help you. Was that candy? Kenny's mind started racing. Why were they involving the Pokemon League? Were they going to bring him in? He hadn't done anything. Were they afraid he was going to end up like a Lisa and were bringing him in before anything happened? I don't see why we're looking for him. If anything, it's safer for us if we don't. Keeps us out of danger. Heron? How many of these people did they bring? Were they aware just how dangerous he was? It's called empathy, Heron. If you could just get your pretentious head out of your pretentious... Kenny's head pounded. Empathy? You're a monster. They wouldn't have empathy for you. Pete's voice was getting too loud to withstand, too booming to fight. He silently wished for Tuki to appear to defend him, to save him from the scolopede's voice. But he knew it was futile. Pete had grown too much at this point for Tuki to be able to do anything. If he was even there anymore, Kenny shrunk down behind the tree. He clutched his head. There was nothing he could do anymore. All right. You win. Kenny's eyes darkened to a deep purple. Wow, we made it. We made it. Oh, I my mean... God. That... Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Thank you very much for that amazing fanfiction, Jerembi. And if you want to read more, because that was just a snippet, we will link in the episode description that you're listening to so you can find out the full story and how it all ends. And as it's Jerembi, you can guarantee there'll be some more Adri for Mansk. Um, if you would like to send in a fanfiction, add a non-player character for us to flesh out, an item, a location, anything at all to add to the world of Formia, please email us at criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you don't want to wait the years it's going to take for us to get to your midsection character, why not join the Patreon at champion tier level at www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Then you can skip the queue. That's one of the big perks, Jerembi. Skip the queue. And here we are, just a cool nine months after they submitted. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> it's Ninjask. The camera and lights have shifted away from the stage and the cage and poor Warden Vipen in the stocks. They're now on the centre of the atrium. It's almost as if this was where the whole thing was meant to be all along. Olma's camera is circling around the grunts on the outside of this little fighting ring that's almost been erected between Barry Bolcut and Kenny Mullet, a broken X-Extreme ball on the ground before them. Kenny, I said that you found your moment. 
What do you do with it? Kenny notices that despite his best efforts earlier, the people in the cage have not been helped at all and can't help himself but think, well, I guess it's all on me then. And realizes, however, that there is a lot of people. There are a lot of grunts. There is Barry, there is Alma, there is a fight between Jockey and his friends in between him and that cage. There's a lot going on. So what he does is he releases Bowtie. Tartrix. Okay, Bowtie. Um, everyone's eyes on us. I need you to do something for me. I need you to create a, a whirlwind around me as quickly as you can. Just fly around me the quickest that you can possibly move. And Kenny's going to try to use the blurred image of Dartrix spinning round everyone, round and round and round as fast as she can, to use a poker power and try to teleport himself on top of the cage. Ooh, okay. You've got your distraction, and now I got you where I wanted you. I'm going over there. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay, okay. So it's a kind of combo with you and, and Dartrix, correct? Yeah, kind of. What do we think, Table? Is it more interesting to have Dartrix roll this individually or Kenny roll it individually? I quite like Dartrix rolling it. Could a bit of Kenny and Dartrix's symbiotic relationship manifest itself? Mm-hmm. And as Dartrix is spinning round and round and round, Dartrix somehow channels a bit of Kenny's poker power energy and teleports both of them. Let's make it a roll for Dartrix, but but it's almost like Dartrix is drawing on Kenny's power. And their leaf bow tie, I think it grows and suddenly looks more like Kenny's. Yeah, I think both of their bow ties start to glow. Yeah. And at that moment, as that's happening, Kenny goes, My conduit. Of course. (laughs) Oh, God! And the roll's a one and a three, and it's a fail. (laughs) (laughs) Dartrix is flying around you, creating this whirling tempest, as you say, Kenny. You spoke the words, but you needn't have really. This communication is so symbiotic now. And as those bow ties start to glow, your mind is taken back to Pyrenile and the prison cell that you shared with Hillary. The words of Hillary come back to you, them asking you to find a conduit, something that would help you channel your poker powers more effectively. Previously, you thought maybe this was something to do with Dora's scrunchie, but this, this feels right. Bowtie. Your bowtie, not just a fashion statement, but a partner Pokemon. Bowtie is the conduit you've been searching for all along. I am still going to have to ask you to roll. Um, I guess it's a create an advantage, so rolling plus speed. They are a plus two to speed. All right, here we go. Another total 11! Oh my goodness, Ali yes! Hill, the rolls! Dang. Yes, mate. The conduit is real. Ali, Ali, sorry. I'm just thinking as well, mate. You've just discovered your conduit. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? You've just rolled an 11. I think we are thinking the same thing. I think, I think this is time. If we've got table agreement... I think that's a great shout. I think it's time to have another stage three on the team. Barry, seeing the X-Extreme ball fall to the floor, gestures to a couple of grunts and says, Seize him! But Dartrix starts flying around, starts knocking them back, so they can't get to Kenny. Whoa! And Dartrix starts getting quicker, and Kenny realises that she's going to do it, give him the opportunity to, to teleport over to the cage. And so Kenny tries to channel his poker powers, and he sees the bow tie start to glow, and then he sees this blur around him. Amongst the blur, there's, there's a light also pulsing, and all of a sudden, Kenny's bow tie bursts with light, and it's not this dark purpley light it is bright and it is bold and before kenny knows it and he's on top of this cage with the poker powered people underneath him bow tie is still flying around as fast as she can 
and then all of a sudden, arrows start flying outside of the blur, and Bowtie lands on top of Kenny's head, as she is wont to do. But Bowtie is a lot heavier. Kenny looks up, and on top of Bowtie's head is a hood. Nice. Nice. She raises her wings. Dramatic flourish. Readies a quill pointed directly at Barry. As she just says, Decidue. Is there any way you could do that but a bit Irish? As if she's picked up his accent yes. on the travels. Decidue. <laughs> so good. I quite like it. I so quite good. like it. Celtic maiden decidui. I really love that. <laughs> So let's go back to Brandy. Brandy, you're not in a great spot. Yes, I'm in a bad way. Yeah, so you're unstable. You're kind of bleeding a lot. You can't walk, but you're with Candy and you see Hannah in a lot of peril. General Phillips is okay. He's on He's on Lightning McQueen. I would like to just clarify that by being immobile, I feel like I should have my faculties about me. Your head has stopped ringing. Your senses have come back to you, but you now have cognition of the situation and you can see Hannah in a lot of trouble. Okay. One second. He's just emailing someone. Just emailing Hannah. Uh, Hannah. <laughs> uh. Just booking her an Uber to uh, <laughs> swing by. <laughs> okay. Call me absolutely insane. You're insane. You're absolutely insane. Yeah. And, all right. Okay. All right. Very You're good. ugly and I hate you. Wow. Ali saw his chance and he took it. He did take it. <laughs> he did take it. Brandy is going to shout to Carcole and Phillips and say, Carcole, get Phillips in front of him again. Okay. Brandy's going to shout the plan to Phillips. Okay. Do you want to roll first? No, no. <laughs> Brandy is remembering during the fight with Delch, Dr. Bunnelby came up with a way to defeat extreme ball Pokemon without necessarily inflicting damage on them so brutally. And that was, where if there's a, an actual connection with a person, that can sometimes be stronger. To break through. That's true. But Brandy knows that this time, the only person who has a connection with Jockey who is under the influence of the extreme ball is one General Phillips, which is not a Pokemon, but she's going to have to chance her arm because Jockey is unstoppable. I, In my head, Jockey's one of the strongest Pokemon here, big time. I would, I would, uh, yeah, Jockey's he's massive. just Absolutely stage massive. three. He's a, he's been in war. He's been lugging around heavy udon pans for years, mate. Stacked. He created a successful business. Yeah, exactly. Entrepreneur. In the Pokemon League. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> he that's did. Nuts. He he's did. Alan Sugar, but for noodles. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're dealing with, Tom. So just just bear that in mind. So Brandy is going to shout to General Phillips. General Phillips. The only person you can get through to a jockey right now is you. You need to do something that will make him remember. Make him break the chain. That's a vivid image, baby. I love it. I love it. The metaphors are flowing. I'm going to make you do a Pokemon move. Um, what? What? <laughs> I think you've been doing it all your life. I need you to... 
I need you to use the move Revelation Dance. Oh. <laughs> Which is a move only known currently by, by Oricorio. Oricorio. And I am praying to Sloking that General Phillips knows Revelation Dance. I would like to command General Phillips in a Pokemon battle to use the move Revelation Dance on top of Carcol uh, to make Jockey the Ursaring remember their remember. time together in war. That's a good Not fight. the weirdest That's a good Pokemon fight. fight we've had this season. And, <laughs> That's uh... nowhere near, really. <laughs> <laughs> this is a... Ooh. What role is this? Uh, What's General Phillips' special attack? That's the that's, real question. That's the big question. I mean, that's the role, it? isn't it? That's the role. Of all the characters, General Phillips is a dancer. General Phillips is grooving. If we wanted to make this easy for ourselves, he's on top of Carcol. You could use Carcol's speed stat. Okay, stack. yeah, that's fair. Ali, you've nailed it. Because this is Brandy's move and Brandy's Pokemon who is assisting. So it, even though it's General Phillips' dance, let's give it give it to Carcol. Thanks for the minus one, Ali. <laughs> It's no, not, I'm is kidding. it? It's plus two. It's plus it's two. Plus two. We made it the speediest car call ever. Okay, so this is a plus two. Create an advantage roll with Lightning McQueen the car call, and General Phillips on top. Let's see what happens. Mm. Six. <laughs> plus two. But General Phillips' moves are just adding that plus two to give us a ten. Oh, gosh. To give us a full 10 for General Phillips grooving. Tom, you took us... We had an act one, two, and three there, mate. (laughs) We had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Six. No, no. Oh, my God, a 10. Okay. As you shout this to General Phillips, Brandy, the words revelation dance leave your mouth, and they echo. Dance, dance, dance. And the music starts to play. Whether it's a music that anyone but Phillips can hear is irrelevant in this moment. General Phillips starts to move. No, Brandy. I do him a disservice. He starts to groove. One hand down, one hand up, one hand down. The hips are sashaying. The body isolating, popping. You've never seen it. The ruffles on the front of General Phillips' shirt start to shake. It's like he's shimmying without even having to move his body. And like the McQueen picks up on this beat, he starts to rock as well, accentuating each move. Yes, Tom? Flashback quickly to a younger General Phillips. Oh, yeah, they're on shore leave. It's like the musical on the town. They're all on shore leave and they're in a club and Jockey doesn't want to dance. Stop it. Come on, I'm, I'm not dancing. But, but Jockey's a Teddy Ursa at this point. Oh, oh, oh a war veteran is a Teddy Ursa. Goodness yep. me. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dancing. I, I'm not doing it. This is, um, this is unseemly for a, for a Teddy Ursa to be throwing shapes. Oh, baby, come on, just feel it with me. Feel it with it, Teddy. Oh, Jock, you'd, you'd love it if you do it. You don't even need a partner, but if you want, I could be yours. I'm willing, baby. Just let me show you, it's fun. And I think at that point, Teddy Ursa is about to reject it out of hand. And then across the room, he sees a no- <laughs> some noodles. It suddenly just sparks something. They're just undulating in a pot, moving in a pot, bubbling. Yeah, and, and, and Phillips is like, just find a beat, baby. Find a beat in the room, focus on that, and forget everybody else. Find your rhythm. And Teddy finds it in the pot, moving. It's like an Ekans on the floor, <laughs> doing a worm. And he finds his calling as well. I, I know what I'm going to do after I'm discharged. And we flash out of this disco scene from 20 years ago. 
and you see this darkness in Jockey's eyes start to fade as the Extreme Ball struggles to maintain its hold, but it can't fight, it can't fight the memories that this dance is creating, until finally... And there's a snap. The earpiece breaks. Yes. Spontaneously oh grows some fur on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and Jockey collapses to the floor and raises his ursaring head, and you see that Udon Cellar is back. The eyes are no longer glazed. You've done it, Brandy. They're out of commission, but they're back. They fall onto General Phillips. Phillips catches them. I'm always going to be there for you, buddy. Always. Brandy wells up a little bit and just goes to herself, I can't believe I'm crying at this. This is, I've gotten soft. <laughs> Candy leans over and goes, uh, it might be also because you like severed an artery in your thigh. That might also have something to do with it. That's also, it might be the pain. Thanks, Candy. Yeah. You're always yeah, there yeah, to remind probably, me of my probably the pain. gaping wounds. Don't call Gary that. Like at the end of the day. <laughs> Theo, you've come up behind Hedrod. Hedrod is hesitating in front of this big red button. Ah, she's all right. Just push the button. That's all I have to do. You know, she pushed the button. It's a good story, Hedrod. You could tell everyone. What did you do while you were in the core? I pushed a button. <laughs> Yeah, it's that'll be, be the headline on Hedroll's newspaper, the Hedroll <laughs> Gazette that we said always focuses on the worst things. Yeah, there'll be a tiny a thing being like showdown between Team Helsing and Poker Powered Vigilante <laughs> and bold fun. I pushed a button. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do it. I can do it. Here we go. I'm gonna push the button. Here we go. Three, two, oi! Whoa! Hedroll, right? That kid from uh from the Sephiroth tree. I know you. Yes, you were one of the trainers, Theo? Theo! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You never competed, um, but yeah. Yeah, I've got to give you an apology, Hedrold, actually, because quite a lot of our classmates from there are here. And if any of them saw you about to press this button, I think they might be compassionate, but I've had a really rough couple of months, and uh, oh, geez. I'm going to need you to <laughs> oh, give boy. me some information, or I'm going to do something terrible. Oh, I've, oh, I've so, screwed up here, haven't I? Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... Uh, either you tell me exactly what this button does, or um, and then Theo just pulls a cube out of their oh <laughs> out of their robes. Don't know what that is, but that doesn't look friendly. So, Hedro, here's a little fun fact: this cube contains a zygote. Have you ever heard of what a zygote is? <laughs> not a no, no, not at all. That's is that a fun magic thing? Is that a? Well, let me give you a little fillet. So, yeah, it's kind of one of the most powerful Pokemon in the world. And what I've got right here is one that I defeated earlier. And what I'm going to do is make it do whatever it needs to do to get that information out of you, unless you just give it to me now. Okay, roll, roll, manipulate someone <laughs> with a plus seven. <laughs> <laughs> Roll plus charm, Theo. No pluses, no minuses. Just whatever you got. I will say, Theo is a zero in charm, and that feels appropriate, particularly at this time. Uh, so I regret it was a six and a two, so a mixed success. An eight. Perfect. What if you stop Hedrol pressing that button, but we haven't accounted for Ninjask. What if Ninjask swipes the cube, and, and we give the cube to Hedrol? Hedrol has the Zygarde cube. <laughs> Is how we're ending this episode. So I got I one at might... the end of an episode and then didn't appear until this scene <laughs> and then lost it to Hedron. And then lost the Zygarde. <laughs> oh, Theo. Okay, so Hedron is convinced, Theo. Hedron's terrified. And so Hedron takes a step away. But there's a flash, Theo. And all you hear is this... And your palm was out with that Zygarde cube. 
lots of it, it was Rubik's cube, wasn't it? Sort of green dots all over it. And you look down at your palm and suddenly that cube ain't there no more. And behind the terrified figure of Hedrold is a much steelier-eyed ninjask, just with their two mandible claws, just turning the cube, investigating what they've just swiped from your outstretched, overconfident hand. Theo, you're horror-stricken to see this image of the ninjask clutching this cube behind the terrified Hedrold. But in not pressing the button, you do manage to catch a glimpse of what might be behind this massive door. A small window, a, a, a visor just above that red button that gives you a glimpse. And you see some dry ice and smoke just clearing in the other room as if something was being prepared. And as it clears and fades away, you see a mechanized Genesect suit, a wearable Genesect mecha. And mounted on the back is some kind of X extreme ball Gatling gun that goes along with whatever powers this mecha suit has. And that's where we're going to end this episode. there we have it the finale is well and truly underway this is it the confrontation has begun thank you so much for listening and it's that point in the podcast where i would like to do some thank yous uh first of all i'd like to thank michael sant the creator of monster of the week which is the base game we use to create pocket monster of the week thank you very much michael i'd also like to thank the creators of pokemon sadoshi tajiri and junichi masada Thank you very much. Pretty good, pretty good job there. I'd also like to thank the wonderful musicians extraordinaire, Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the albums Canto Symphonies, Johto Legends, and Time and Space, and also Glitch X City for their wonderful remixes that can all be found on YouTube. And finally, also a big shout out to Epidemic Sounds that provide all the sound effects and incidental music. And I would, of course, love to thank our patrons. I'm going to start with the wonderful patron who provided the previously today. That was Ellie Lieberman. And I don't know if anyone guessed it, but Ellie is a bit of a Doctor Who fan. Uh, I don't know if that was clear at all, but thank you very much for a very innovative previously this week, Ellie. And then another special patron shout out to Jerembi, who provided the fan fiction for the midsection. Thank you so much, Jerembi. I hope we did it justice. I don't think we did. Um, but that was not on you. That is on us and our terrible. You'd think in a in a cast of, you know, two professional actors, we'd have more professionalism, but we don't. So I can only apologize. But thank you very much for sending that in. I'd also like to thank our other wonderful patrons. So here we go. Thank you so much to... Tommy Portillo, Aidan Clark, Inclusive Investor, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dowker, Mike Habages. Thank you to Dr. Rani, Jerembi's Mum, a DGZ, Alex W, Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Shivers, Jam, Heather L. Snell, Megan Taylor, Betsy Lewin Lee. Thank you to Ryan Teague, Darius Joukowsky, Pokerdash55, and D.W. Hollins. <laughs> Still here, I see. Thank you to Audrey Resendiz. Resendiz. Rez. Yep, 
Sorry, messed that up. Thank you to Carrie Morrison, to Martin Blackwood, to Scott M, to Dr. Mega Man PhD, to Hi Killy, to Keiko Pin Cosplay, to Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Trigula, aka Aurora, aka Paladin Extraordinaire. Uh, thank you to Alchemage, Cesar, Force Majeure, Cranon Creations, Eric Eichinger, another Paladin, Millamoy, Ginny Voss, another Paladin, and Alastair Collinson, the Game Master. Thank you all so much. That is a really long list, and it honestly astounds me um, that you are uh, all able to um, support the podcast in this way. So thank you very much. Um, you can, of course, join the patron if you so wish at www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Who else do I need to thank? Nope. I think it's all good. Oh, except for maybe Stu, Ali and David for being such great friends uh, and incidentally very fun to podcast with. And finally, go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams. we do Vaughn? Yeah, Vaughn, yeah. Why did you why did you kill me off? I wanted to be in the podcast. What is this? Listen to me. This is the only way I could possibly speak to the audience because they killed me without letting me be in an episode. I- it was <laughs> it was not fair. Gosh. Did we ever decide on Vaughn's surname? Because I think we should call him Vaughn yet, because that's the only place he lives. <laughs> <laughs>